Hey friends, are you like me and struggle with anxiety, worry, and fear? Well, welcome to Grassfed and Graceled Podcast. I'm Maddie Rose, and today we're going to talk about anxiety and casting all of our anxieties on God. Now, before I get into that, I just kind of wanted to give you guys a fun kind of little update on what I'm doing on the homestead here. If you can even call it that, sometimes it doesn't even feel like a homestead, but it is. My garden's growing. I still have chickens. I have a homestead, right? I've got some produce coming through, and that's exciting, but it's not as much as I'd hoped. It seems like every year it's a different thing. Last year I was swimming in cucumbers. This year I don't have any yet. The cucumber plants I planted, they died, and... Some that are growing now, like, aren't really producing anything yet, so I planted some more in a different bed. So I have no cucumbers, and I was expecting to have still too many this year. But I have a little bit more luck this year with zucchinis. I kind of won the war on squash bugs, but now I'm dealing with vine borers, and that's a whole other thing. So that's not been great, but it's more zucchini than I had last year, so that's a plus. When we lived in the Southwest, I took squash for granted. I could plant it, it would grow, I had no problems. Out here, it seems like everything wants to kill it. But we've had some great uh, blackberries growing on the farm, tomatoes, finally, after four years of trying to grow tomatoes and having them make it to uh, fruiting. So that's been um, a good development for us. And I got two olivegar chickens. They still have not yet laid eggs because they're not quite at laying age, but if you listen to my other episode on chickens, I did talk a little bit about olive eggers and how I've not had luck getting olive eggs. I've tried really hard to get them, but they're usually die or whatever would happen. I would not get my olive eggs. They'd end up being roosters, what have you. So I'm really excited that I have two olive eggers pullets, which are young hens, that are close to laying age. So I will keep you posted if I get any olive eggs. I will probably post my pictures on Instagram and Facebook. Those are the two platforms that I'm currently on right now. You can find me at at grassfedtheology. And uh, if you want to see it there, I'm trying to get better at posting on that stuff. Not very good at it, but I'm doing my best. So let's see. Let's let's pray that I get... (laughs) some olive eggs. I'm really excited about that. So I'd love to share that with you as well. But yeah, that's just some of the updates on the farm. You know, we I planted an elderberry uh, tree last week and I ordered some more blackberries. I kind of impulse bought some grapes. So now I'm going to have to find a place to plant those. I've had an idea in mind, but I've wanted grapes for three years since we've been here. And I wish I would have done it the first year because they would actually be really producing well for me if I had done that. But, you know, life life happens, time flies, you do what you got to do when you can do it, and uh, that whole apple tree uh, phrase saying that I think I shared last episode or the episode before about the best time to plant an apple tree is 30 years ago, and if you didn't do that, well then today, well I guess the, bl- the best time to plant grapes is at least three years ago. But if not, I guess today, right? So here we are. Hopefully I'll have grapes uh, in a few years. 
But, you know, let's let's get into this episode here. It's really neat, kind of in the providence of God. I was praying about doing this episode. It seemed like a natural transition from uh, talking about God not giving you more than you can handle that phrase, you know, that's thrown around where, where we realize that, no, he, he does actually give you more than you can handle, but he can handle it and we can go to him in that and he will equip us and give us that grace and, and power to to make it through those real hard uh, times. And so it seemed like a really good transition to kind of shift to talking a little bit about anxiety because for me, in those times of hardship, anxiety is usually one of the major, uh, I guess you would say, emotions or experiences that I have and struggle with even after the fact. I'm I'm an overthinker kind of person. I, I tend to worry about the worst case scenario. Uh, I feel like if something bad's going to happen, it probably would happen to me. You know, I can get real down in the dumps. And I'm just prone to a lot of anxiety. That's just kind of how I've been. So in some sense, I kind of felt like I'm not even really equipped to talk about it because I struggle with it so much. But um, anyways, in the providence of God, yesterday, our Sunday school teacher, James Pruitt, actually shared a uh, Sunday school lesson on casting all of our cares or anxieties on him, which comes from first, uh, yeah, first Peter chapter five, verse seven. And I just thought the timing of that was super neat, you know, that, that God kind of did that and kind of, um, it was a great teaching. I think I'll go ahead and link to the YouTube stream of that in my notes, but it was just neat that it was something that I was already kind of praying about doing and, and wondering if I should even do it. For reasons that I've already mentioned, that I struggle with it a lot, um, but it was just kind of neat that it did it, and he actually added a lot of things that I wanted to kind of mention in my notes as well as what I already had kind of written down, uh, but you know, I'll go ahead and get into the text here so that we can start talking about what it means to cast all of our anxieties on him. So it comes from 1 Peter 5, and it's verse 7, but I'm going to go ahead and start in verse 6 because it's kind of one sentence. At least that's how my ESV has it uh, punctuated. And it says, Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he may exalt you, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Now, I've always loved this verse, you know, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. It's such a great reminder that God cares for us and he cares for you specifically. And I've just loved this verse, you know, going through the various trials that I've had. Um, I've shared it before when I've, you know, talked in women's studies and things like that. It's just been a great verse. But what I really thought was super neat about how uh, James shared this verse is he's a fisherman. I'm not a fisherman. So I didn't really even think about this verb casting. And he 
talked about what it means to cast and like casting the nets, the fisherman nets. And when he was talking about it, I thought, you know, how cool. Peter, if you remember, was a fisherman before he was called into ministry and as a disciple of Christ. He was a fisherman. That's what he did. And they didn't fish with fishing poles. They fished with nets. And so he talked about in the Sunday school class about the casting, the throwing with force and kind of the effort that it takes to take these big heavy nets and cast them out over the water to catch fish. And you really have to cast hard and a certain technique to get the net to spread open wide. It's not just kind of this like limp, pathetic, like <laughs> tossing lightly. It's no, it's, it requires effort. And he said, forcefully, deliberately, intentional and directional. Don't be shy about your casting. And I loved that because it adds that extra depth to this text. Of course, you know, you read cast all your anxieties on him. So you know, you know, oh yeah, I'm supposed to give God my my cares and my worries and he cares for me. And that's all very true and great. But that importance of the effort the intentionality that we should have in casting our anxieties on him. Why? Because he cares for you. And also, it's the element of humbling ourselves. You know, the verse 6, it starts, Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he may exalt you, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. That's connected. The ESV uh, study Bible says that casting is a modifier to the call to humble yourselves. So in order to humble yourselves, you're supposed to cast all your anxieties on him. And it's true for most of us that when we are caught up in anxiety and worry, it's actually kind of an expression of pride because we're not trusting in God's providence for our life and what he's going to do with that. Um, and it's also wanting that control. You know, there's times, of course, where I've had serious, you know, crises in my life, you know, losing a stillborn child, having various medical diagnoses, different things like that have happened that have been serious. And of course, I don't want that to happen. Of course, I want control there. But there are other times where I've had more minor circumstances that seemed more serious at the time, of course, where I really just struggled with anxiety because it was it was a feeling of out of control, like I didn't have control, which of course is, is an illusion anyways. I, I never have control really on what's going on in my life. But, you know, there was times where like if we're moving and we're trying to buy a house and I have a farm, it, you know, it takes a lot. You, you can't just move into any old house. You need property and things like that. And there's times where maybe those houses weren't going to work out or it seemed like something wasn't going right in the underwriting process or a little glitch here, or a little glitch there. And, and I, I would get so anxious and it would ruin my day or a couple days until it got resolved. And I've lived this kind of life where as soon as something went unplanned, something like a wrench got thrown in somewhere, I would get caught in a big tizzy where my whole day would kind of ruin. I would kind of have like a nervous breakdown. And I believe a lot of that has to do with me just wanting to have control, 
thinking I know what's best for me and not trusting in God. So humbling ourselves, we do that in part by casting all of our anxieties on him and trusting that's because he cares for us. He cares for us. We can trust that he knows what's best. God is all-knowing. He knows everything about us. He knows our future. He knows everything that's going to happen. He's in control of all of it. He knows exactly what we need in the moment. And all of it, of course, to bring us to conformity in the image of Christ as believers. You know, everything. That's Romans 8, 29. You know, the whole point. Everything he works for good. It's not always good. I mean, you think of the story of Joseph, which is what that text is kind of hearkening back to. And then obviously Jesus and his crucifixion. But there's bad things that happen. The crucifixion itself was evil that they were killing Christ. Joseph, though he had his own pride issues, maybe his brothers, what they did to him and all the things, you know, where he was wrongfully accused and thrown into jail and different things like that, that seemed bad and harsh, but he realized that God was working all that together for good. So there are going to be bad things that happen to us, but God is working it all together for our good and for all of those who are called according to his purpose. So it's not just us, you know, we're part of this big family of Christ and and God is in control of all of it and we just have to realize that we are not in control and he is wise and all-knowing and good and faithful and we can hope and trust in him even in serious trial which you know Peter is talking a lot about persecution and suffering we know if you're familiar with the early church a lot of them were killed and severely persecuted, thrown in jail, you know, fed to lions, crucified. Like there was just a lot that these these men and women were dealing with and and a lot of us in America, you know, that's where I am I'm from. We don't deal with that. Our our kind of idea of persecution is very mild compared to that. But there are brothers and sisters all throughout the world that are still facing these types of trials. So, you know, that's what Peter's talking about here in in many ways, but it does say all of your anxieties or your cares in certain translations, all of them. So sometimes they will be big and huge and serious life altering, you know, major trials and anxieties that are coming from that and cares, life, death, children, diseases, loss of jobs, all these things, they can be huge and we should absolutely cast those anxieties on him. And I, you know, throughout my life have really struggled to try to remember to do that. But in a sense, I will say, it's almost easier to turn to God for that when it's harder And you've kind of been like, there's nothing else. You know, you can't rely on anything else. All you can do is go to God because that's all you can do. And so in a sense, it it is easier to go to him in those really hard and dark times. But what I find is that I struggle with casting all my cares and anxieties on him 
when they're minor things, minor anxieties. It's, it's almost like I've set a bar in my mind to like, what level of care and anxiety do I have to have before I would go and give it to God? And that's also a prideful thing. Here I am thinking that I can just, you know, I got it from here, God. I'll do this. And then if it gets really bad, I'll go to you. But he doesn't want that. He wants all of our cares and anxieties. So I'll give you an example. On Friday, um, we were at therapy for my son. There was a huge rainstorm. I turned the lights on so I can see where we were driving because I couldn't see before you know, my windshield practically, and I left the lights on, and my car battery died, and by the time I went out to my car to leave, all the therapists had already left to lunch, my car was dead, the parking lot was empty, and my husband was out of town, and it was just like, oh no, like, my car's dead, I didn't have jumper cables on me, like, it was just kind of a perfect storm of getting stranded in this parking lot, And I was just so thankful that usually in the past, something like that happening, I would have been stressed out and kind of losing my mind a little bit. But God really, because I think because I was thinking about this subject, you know, he really got me grounded and also experience, you know, I'm not super old yet, but I feel older every day. You know, I'm, I'm 35. I've lived a little longer than I did when I was 25. Uh, I realized that these things tend to resolve themselves. I told my children, we're not going to be here forever. We're not stranded in this parking lot for the rest of our lives. It'll it'll change. We'll get out of here. And it's obviously not going to be as quick as we thought it was going to be, but we'll make it home. So we, we did eventually get a jump. A nice, you know, I put up my hood, the universal symbol of, hey, my car won't start. And a gentleman came by and helped jump my car And we got home to discover that the two of my dogs that were in our back patio and backyard had dug out of the yard because the storm came through while we were gone. And my one dog is like terrified of storms and she dug out and ran away and the little one went with her and she came back because she tends to stay around the home, but he did not and and he doesn't get out like I don't let him out off leash and so I was really worried you know that he he was gone but you know I I I prayed about that and I encouraged my son who was really upset and I was like you know what God's got it we're gonna look for him we're gonna find him and even if something happens you know it's it's all in God's hands and then we ended up getting someone found him picked him up gave him a bath and we went picked picked him up later that night and it was a long tiresome day but we made it home we weren't stuck in the parking lot forever our dog was found okay and we didn't lose that whole day of just being emotional and distraught and anxious and worried and all that we we gave it over to God we did our part in looking obviously I didn't just you know like I wasn't waiting for God to like float my dog out of the sky on wings um or magically you know start my car for me but we did our part to look but we were trusting you know that God's got this too and that these seemingly inconveniences are all part of God's plan as well and that was another thing that I loved that um in the Sunday school message he talked about was that 
there's a divinely appointed reason that you are in the current circumstance that you're in. You know, God is sovereign over everything. Every, you know, minute of our lives is kind of planned by him and we can't fully grasp and understand all of that, but yet he is in control. And so even these things that are bringing us to these anxieties and worries and fears and concerns, those circumstances are also divinely appointed. And just like, you know, last week talking about uh, in Second Corinthians chapter 1 with, with Paul talking about how they were despairing of life itself and all of that, he, he said there, um, in, indeed that, it's a, here in verse 9, Indeed, we felt that we had received the sentence of death, but that was to make us rely not on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. So just like I talked about last week, you know, these trials, these things, they're, they're so that we can rely on God. They're to grow us. They're to conform us. And so we can trust that God is doing something even in these anxieties and worries and circumstances that are outside of our control, big or small. I mean, they can even be, like I was talking about my vegetable garden earlier, my vine borers, these little, these moths that land on your squash, lay tiny little brown eggs that eventually hatch into larvae and burrow into the stalks of your zucchini and kill them because they can't, by the time they kind of chewed through everything, they can't get water anymore, so they wilt and eventually die. You know, I'm cutting them open and trying to get those out. I'm trying to find the eggs. I'm, you know, using BT and all this stuff that they recommend to do, burying the squash plant more so that it can grow new roots. I'm doing my best, but it can be real frustrating. And if you're especially trying to grow your own food, for example, you know, there's a lot of anxiety there if the food that you're kind of relying on is not coming up in crops. So you can have a more serious concern there for me. My garden is still very supplemental. I don't, I've not had the time to really establish a really large garden that I can completely sustain our lives. Every year it's growing and building it. But even then, it's still frustrating. I mean, I have some um, container potatoes that we tried this year, and those were doing pretty good. And the other day, I found out that not only did I have aphids all over them, I also had ants in the pot. And so all the potatoes in there are probably destroyed by the ants. So it can be like kind of these more mild things as well. Just the simple, you know, losing your keys in the morning while you're trying to go, running late, you know, wherever it is. Just remember that that whatever is happening there, God is still in control, that he is divinely appointed that time. And one of these great ways that we can humble ourselves and become more Christ-like is to cast, to actively and intentionally, he said in the Sunday school, don't be shy about casting your anxieties. There's nothing too small that God doesn't care about. All these little, and that's such a huge thing. I mean, that let's not get started on that. That's a whole other episode, but we can oftentimes just kind of have these ideas of grandeur that everything has to be a big deal for it to be important to God, whether it matters in the kingdom, what we do, or the the worries and the concerns that we have, but the small things, the mundane things, the ordinary things, the, the small, tiny, little, inconsequential things in the grand scheme of our lives all matter to God. 
They do. I mean, Jesus talks about caring about feeding the sparrows, the birds, and clothing the the flowers of the field and all that stuff. Like, these are just tiny little things that God has paid attention to every detail. And so he cares about every detail of your life. And I think the more we realize that, I mean, this is why theology is so important. The more we realize who God is, how he's involved in our lives, the purpose of our lives. You know, everyone wants to know what is our purpose. Well, it's to glorify God and to become more like him. That is our purpose in life, to glorify God and enjoy him forever. If you're familiar with the catechism, that's one of the answers. But it really is to glorify him. That's what we're made to be in the image of God. And and as we conform ourselves through everything that God has done as he's conforming us into his image, into the image of Christ. All these little things matter. Everything you do matters. And all your little worries, your ants and your potatoes, those types of things, they matter. And we should be casting those on to God and that draws us closer to him. Now, one of the great ways to do that, you're thinking, okay, I have anxiety, I'm stressed out. I want to cast this net of anxiety onto God. How do I do that? Well, primarily prayer, you know, prayer, active prayer. I want, I've been trying, you know, to find different ways to enhance my prayer life. Um, it's, it's ebbed and flowed through the years. You get busy, you know, even doing Bible study is great, but I found that I wasn't spending a lot of time in prayer, even though I was reading my Bible, I would do a quick prayer before, you know, and just kind of meditate on it through the day, but I haven't been spending a lot of times in prayer. So praying, going to God, pouring out your heart, uh, if it's, if it's a smaller detail, it's not a huge crisis and you're encountering an anxiety, something that doesn't maybe seem as important, don't worry about burdening God with your small little things because they're not small to God and he is God. He can do it all. If you have a friend going through a hardship and you think, well, she's going through this way more, mine is nothing, don't tell yourself that. I do that to myself all the time. I I compare myself and my situation to everyone else. It's like, why should I worry all this stuff is going on. And there is truth to that. Like sometimes we can, you know, maybe get so lost in our own worlds that every little thing is like a huge deal and it doesn't need to be. There's truth in that as well. But there are things that are true and they're, they can seem minor to us, but they're real. They're real things. And I don't like being stranded in a parking lot. That's a real thing. I know it'll be resolved. But instead of just taking it on myself and saying, no, I got this, God, I can deal with this, relying on him, giving my anxiety and my worry to him and saying, I trust you, I'm just going to lean on you, and I know that you've got this, God, and help will come my way, we'll get out of this somehow, help me, Lord, carry me through this, give me the grace, give me patience, give me comfort, give me peace. I need that. I'm not finding that. And so relying on him, going to him in prayer, being in the word, meditating on who God is. That's why I love studying theology. I'm going to keep saying it. True, solid theology. So much of the stuff that we women have to, you know, sift through is just, oh, it's so shallow and fluffy. 
and you really want to get into the depths of it, don't be afraid. This is for us. This is for our everyday lives. You don't have to want to be a theo- theologian in an ivory tower somewhere to want to study theology. It's Theology affects everything in our days, every little detail. And so when you know who God is, you know that he's everywhere, all-powerful, all-knowing, and he cares for you, and he wants you. He's essentially commanding you to humble yourselves and do that by casting your all of your anxieties on him, then we should be faithful in doing that and knowing that he is there and willing and ready for us to do that, asking for it, and he can take it. We don't have to do it ourselves, big or small. So I just want to encourage you, if you're dealing with any type of anxiety, big or small, you know, long, lifelong kind of anxiety or just temporary, cast those worries and concerns on him. Do it deliberately. Put some force and effort into that. Really make it an intentional thing that you're doing. Don't just passively consider it. Don't don't take this and just put it in your head somewhere as head knowledge, but use it. Do it. Actually, actively, intentionally, deliberately, forcefully throw and cast your anxieties on him. So, I hope that's helpful to you. I know it's helpful to me. I need this reminder daily. Again, as I've said, I struggle with anxiety. It can be a real hard thing for me at times. I'm a worrier and I need this reminder constantly. And, um, you know, it's been really helpful. I love the providence of God in the timing of this. And I'm really super excited to kind of continue this discussion on a little bit. I finished a book up recently that, you know, deals with contentment and different, different, uh, spiritual disciplines and gifts. And I think, you know, there's some really good stuff coming down the pipeline. I've also talked to my, my friend, she's an author. She's going to come on my show and do an interview. The only reason it's taken that long is I'm having to learn how to do all of this because I like to talk. I like to write, but technology and me are like kind of like acquaintances. I know a little bit about how to do it, but I'm really having to kind of jump on this learning curve here and figuring out how to interview people. I would love to do it in person, but that requires expensive equipment. I'm not there yet. I can't afford to get that stuff yet, but I'm going to learn how to do some interviews online and do it that way. So I'm really excited about kind of what's coming in the pipeline here. I hope that this podcast is valuable to you. That's the only reason I do it. And I really do hope that it's helpful and that other people are encouraged by this and edified. And ultimately, I don't know if you can hear my dogs barking in the background. That's farm life, y'all. But ultimately... Um, it's about pointing others to Christ, encouraging you to grow, encouraging you to go to God, to grow in your own Christian life. And I thank you so much for listening and spending your time with me today. Uh, continue to be grass-fed and grace-led. God bless.